All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Nick Barla Show. We're going to be doing another short today. So in the last short, we broke down the three funnest players to watch in the Pac-12, three funnest guards to watch in the Pac-12. Today, we're getting more back into the swing of things. It's March. We had a lot of fun last episode, but not a lot of really notable games outside of Battle of LA. But now, getting back into the thick of things here. And today, we're actually going to break down two teams who are kind of middle of the road, kind of still figuring out where they'll be. Probably not in the NCAA tournament, but they've proved tough to beat many times this year. And that's going to be the Oregon State Beavers and the Utah Utes. And remember, this is a Nick Bartlett Show short, so I'm going to get you out of here in 10 minutes. Maybe 11. Maybe 11. But this is going to be a Nick Bartlett Show short, so I'm going to get you this fast information. We're going to get out of here. I want to go eat some lunch. You probably want to go eat some lunch. So we're going to do it. We're going to do it. <laughs> All right, guys. So as mentioned, though, we're going to be breaking down the Beavers and the Utes, and we're going to start with the Beavs today, actually. So the main thing... You need to know about the Beavs this far the season is that they're actually six and five in conference until a recent three game losing streak. I don't know why that's the main thing. I just want to say it that way, I guess. <laughs> that's where they stand, though. They're six and five in conference, and as mentioned, just suffered a three game losing streak back down to six and eight and ten and ten overall. But prior to that, they did have a big win over USC and a big win at Oregon. So they've had some solid victories. The game against the Ducks may not be as impressive as it looks on paper because Duarte was out and the Ducks were in the middle of that month-long hiatus due to COVID. So and it's still a nice win, but let's just keep it real. So instead of giving you like an in-depth breakdown like we would in the full Nick Barley show, I'm going to get you three players you need to know now on Oregon State. And yeah, let's get straight to it, baby. So number one, everything runs through six foot five senior guard Ethan Thompson. Very solid playmaker with the ball in his hands. Really can drive the paint. But I'd say his biggest forte is definitely the 15-foot range. And when he gets there, he can knock down the shot consistently. He can make a pass out and get someone open. And he can really get to the spot when he wants to pretty easily. He's a pretty strong guy, especially at the college level. So that's going to be his forte. He can definitely knock down the wide-open three. He can, he's a pretty good three-shooter, but I wouldn't call him like an elite-level top-top shooter. You know what I'm saying? He'll hit him if he's open. He may hit some tough ones, but he's not top-tier three-point shooter. So everything really does run through him. He starts it. He gets it going. He's flowing. He's their best player, hands down. And he actually has a long lineage of family at the at, uh, Oregon State. And his older brother was Stevie Thompson Jr., who was a high-volume, great shooter, if you remember him from a couple years ago. And his dad is actually an assistant coach for the Beavs currently and is a legendary player at Syracuse, legendary college player. And that's going to be Stephen Thompson Sr. So a long family lineage. And again, with Ethan Thompson, he's just a great playmaker with the ball in his hands. Probably not a true point guard, but the college level is good enough anyway. And from 15 feet and in, he's deadly. Has a beautiful turnaround 15-foot jumper. Kind of like a post move, but in a guard body. Number two, and I touched on this in the three funnest players to watch in the Pac-12. That's going to be Jared Lucas. Three funnest guards to watch in the Pac-12. That's going to be Jared Lucas, though. Six foot three, sophomore guard. And this man can just flat out shoot. He makes, he's this kind of the theme with the Beavers. He also makes really good decisions with the ball in his hands. Doesn't really force anything, but he's a nasty shooter. And sorry for a little bit of retread and re-information here if you're tuning into 
three most interesting players to watch in the Pac-12, but he really, you give him an inch of space, the man is money. It's not like six inches. You give him an inch of space, he's wet. It's not a joke. It's not a simile. It's not a metaphor. He's that good. He hit a game-winning three against Utah in the Pac-12 tournament last year. And uh, actually, it turned out to be their last game of the year because of COVID. But hit a game winner with the season on the line. And he's only been held in single figures four times this season. So pretty consistent top-tier score. Not not top-tier. That's a little exaggeration. But very consistent, very solid score. He played his AAU ball at the Compton Magic along the sides of Evan and Isaiah Mobley of USC. So you know he's not lacking confidence. He's been around elite talent. And this is something that could really prove vital for the Beavers going forward. Bottom line for Lucas, nasty shooter who makes all the right plays. Hey, and guess what? We got one more player in the Beavers guy. Oh, I, I don't know if I mentioned this at the top. My laptop broke, so if you hear a little shuffling, my notes are on paper today, ladies and gentlemen. We we going old school with that. It's like the 1920s or something. I don't know, last time I wrote something on paper, so you hear a little ruffling in the background. That is why. And while we're looking at the ruffling, who is the third player I'm going to talk about? It's going to be Zach Reichel, who... He's having a kind of tough year. He's a six foot five senior guard for the Beavs. The reason I'm including him on this list is when he scores, I think the Beavs are so much better. Like he's, I don't want to call him an X factor because they have a lot of good players that people may not know about, like Alatiche. But when it comes to Reichel, he just when he scores, it just opens up everything for everyone else. He's really that hustle guy. Guess what I'm gonna say? Because he plays for the Beavers, makes all the right plays. They're very well coached and. uh just, he's got to figure it out. Uh, he had a pretty solid junior year, scored in double figures 14 games last season, and only eight times so far this year. But most notably is that he's only scored double figures three times in Pac-12 games. Th that's got to be better for a senior if, if you want to be an impact player. But love his hustle, going to work hard on defense, maybe take a couple charges here or there, and he can shoot the ball a little bit. So far this year, he's averaging 7.7 .7 points per game, 3.5 rebounds, if, if that's what my handwriting says. It's somewhere in the three range. <laughs> it's the 1920s, guys. Uh, 3.4 assists and 41% from the field. So for the Beavers, three players you need to know now. Ethan Thompson, he runs it. Distributor, 15 feet and out. He's money. Um, Jared Lucas shoots, takes smart shots, and just so wet. So freaking wet. And three, Zach Reichel needs to step up the scoring a little bit because when he's on, the Beavers are very, very tough to beat. Hopping over to the next team, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be looking at um, the Utah Utes here. And we're just ruffling through these notes, guys. This is so interesting doing this on paper. It's kind of fun, though. It's kind of fun. It's like a chess or Yahtzee. I don't know what the hell that means. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, so looking at the Utes, though, they're 6-7, and 9-8 overall. And they're led by... Timmy Allen, their season hasn't had as many ups and downs as the Bees, so we're not going to break down the whole season going forward. They've kind of been one win here, one loss here, one win here, one loss here, that type of season. So their best player is undoubtedly Timmy Allen. He's a junior, six foot six forward, and he's actually averaging 17 points per game, 6.4 rebounds, 3.5 assists, and 45.7% from the field. The stats are cool. What you really need to know about him, I mean, 17 points per game speaks for itself. But what you really need to know about him is he is so tough to guard when he's slashing to the hoop. I'd say maybe the best. I know he's listed as a forward, but best kind of guy with ball handling skills attacking the hoop in the back 12. He is just so tough when he is a full head of steam, soft touch around the rim, finishes, athletic, big, and 
his three-point shot could still be developed. I mean, definitely, that's saying it nicely. He's not the best three-shooter. But when he's really going from a bunch of layups and stuff, he can knock down an occasional three or two. But you really want him going to the hoop. I mean, he's shooting 45.7% from the field. Very solid. He was a 2020 All-Pac-12 second-teamer. And last year, he scored 25, nine rebounds, and four assists against Kentucky. And I know Kentucky's having a down year this year, but if you're dropping 25 against KU, however they say it, whatever the initials acronym is, that's nasty. I don't care what you're saying. Speaks to talent, Timmy Allen. And I'd say an unknown gem in the Pac-12 that a lot of people in the country would probably hype up if they knew more about him. But he plays for Utah, so he may get lost in the shuffle. Double figures in all but one game this year. Uh, the only game he had, didn't have double figures against USC, finished with five. But you have Evan Mobley protecting the rim, so that's completely understandable. But yeah, Timmy Allen, just a nasty slasher, undoubtedly the youth's leader. And when he gets to the hoop, man, you better watch the frick out. And he does it consistently. He's vicious, but he also plays smart basketball. He's a really good player. <laughs> We've had a lot of smart basketball. Cannot say this for the next part of the U. He's still a hell of a player, but I don't know if we can say he makes the highest IQ basketball plays. He's probably a really smart guy, but bottom line is when you can shoot like him, you can afford some questionable shots, and that is Alfonso Plummer, six foot one guard. He's also a senior, and he just man, he'll shoot everything and anything. And unlike Jared Lucas on the Beavers, I'm talking anything. Does not matter what's a quality shot, guys. He'll probably make it. That's the funniest thing. Two guys in his face. Three guys in his face, doesn't matter. If he's going to make it, he's going to make it. One of those players who, defense, yeah, defense, forget about it. It's, it's up to Plummer how he's going to play that day. You can make it tough, but you can shoot. Some kind of fun facts about him is he, so another little retread if you're tuning into the top three funnest players. He had 11 threes against Oregon State in the Pac-12 tournament last year. Pac-12 single game record, Pac-12 tournament record, just <laughs> 11 threes in the college game. That's crazy. Um, this year, he had 23 points in the second half against Colorado. Didn't score a point in the first half, but had 23 in the second to help the Utes knock off their rival Buffs. And a huge upset. Huge, huge, huge upset. And some new information here I'd like to keep you guessing a little bit is uh, prior to Utah, he played two years at Arizona Western College. And his father actually played pro basketball in Panama. So, yeah, he, his, his dad played pro basketball in Panama. I believe he's from Puerto Rico. Do not quote me on that. I did not write it down. But I want to make sure that his dad plays. Um, his dad played basketball in Panama, and he's not from there. I just want to make that aspect of this clear. I believe he's from Puerto Rico. Again, don't quote me, though. Last one I'm going to talk about, ladies and gentlemen, moving on, is going to be uh, Rylan Jones. He's a six-foot sophomore guard, and he's just that player that's so easy to make fun of. If you watched him in the Pac-12 last year, like he looked like a kid, dude. I mean, he know, he's probably heard this so many times. He probably hates it, but it is what it is. It is what it is. And man, he can ball. Don't call him a kid. The man can freaking ball. And the stats don't do him justice. Actually, the reason I have him in this is because he recently had a shoulder injury. And with him going out, the Utes may really struggle. Again, the stats, I'm actually leaving them out because they're pretty minimal from if you're a stat guy and that's all you look at. But his impact on the floor is just, he he's just solid, man. He's just the heart of the Utes. And the best way I can describe him is, you know what McKinley Wright is to the Buffs, how he does everything, but it may not get noticed. It, it, it may get noticed now because of the hype. Rylan Jones does that on a lesser scale for Utes. I'm not complaining, comparing the two players. McKinley Wright is worlds better at this point. But just so you can kind of get an understanding of what Jones does for the Utes. And... This is speaking volumes about him as a leader 
in high school, he led Olympus High, Olympus high School to a 27-0 record. They won the 5A state championship in Utah in 2017-18. And uh, my favorite thing about him, my favorite thing about him, the last year, uh, Phil Walton was interviewing him. And uh, Phil Walton, just being Phil, freaking the man, goes, uh, okay, like, how, how do you compete against the winners in the genetic lottery? And, like, Rylan Jones had really simple answer. Play harder, play tough, and have fun. That's paraphrased a little bit, but those are three core tenets of his statement. And, yeah, that last part of it, man, have fun. Because this is what college basketball is all about. A lot of these guys aren't going to go pro. Statistically speaking, it's probably harder to make the NBA than any other professional league. And having fun at the college level and just balling out getting your school paid for, that's what it's about, man. You're better yourself as a person. This is a Barlow Show short run. <laughs> Random topic of the day. So uh, I'll wrap it up there. But I really like Rylan Jones. And I think the Utes may struggle with his shoulder injury. Hopefully he can come back. He's probably out this week. But hopefully he can come back soon. The Beavers and the Utes going forward. They actually play each other twice in the upcoming week. And I think if one of those teams can sweep each other, they can really get back on the right track. If they split, they both may stay middle of the road. Neither of these teams are probable to make the NCAA tourney unless they win the Pac-12 at this point. They win the Pac-12 tournament at this point. But I do want to give them some loves. Both these teams are tough to beat. I've proven that many times this year. Both have notable wins. And it just speaks to the depth of the Pac-12 conference as a whole. Another team like that is actually my WSU Cougars. But I highlighted them in a Barlow Trail talk today. So I really want to make sure to give Oregon State and Utah some love. So that's going to do it for me today, I guess. Is it a short? Let's go see. Let's go look at the timer. How much time do I got, guys? Did I go over 10 minutes? Oh, crap. It's 14 minutes. All right, guys. Sorry. I talked for like 14 minutes today. It's kind of short today. All right, guys. I'm out. Cheetos and tuna.